Well, happy Wednesday morning, everybody, and welcome to the Buckeye Breakdown Podcast. It is the middle of the week as the Ohio State Buckeyes get ready for Western Kentucky, a second straight home game on Saturday afternoon. The question is, can the Buckeyes figure out a way, now that they know who their full-blown starting quarterback is and knowing what they're going to be tested by defensively this week, can they go into this game and execute at the highest level? They need the high energy, the high effort, and they need high execution. Those are the words that have been used around the facility uh, at the Woody here this week. We're going to break down what we learned yesterday from Ryan Day and Jim Knowles and what we want to see moving forward here into week three. Coming up next on Wednesday morning's edition of Buckeye Breakdown. We've got the whole crew together as we cover Ohio State with our instant analysis from Ohio State. There's something that doesn't feel right. Unbelievable effort from him today. Is EJ Liddell going to crack the first team all Big Ten? I think he can be the guy. I'm not trying to start a quarterback controversy. He seems to have the durability. He certainly has the toughness. This is the question on a lot of people's minds here. Welcome to Buckeye Breakdown. Well, morning, everybody, and welcome to Buckeye Breakdown. I'm Brendan Gulick, along with Anthony Meglin. Glad to be with you at 7 a.m. every weekday morning on our YouTube channel. You can join us live and participate in the comments section. Occasionally, we'll tape a show and air it live at 7 a.m., uh, but for the most part, we are live every single weekday uh, in an effort to give you, hopefully, your first look every morning at what's going on with the Ohio State Buckeyes. Of course, we're affiliated with the Sports Illustrated Media Group, Buckeye Breakdown Podcast, you can um, you can support us by subscribing to our YouTube channel. That would be awesome. We sure would appreciate that. Uh, if you are listening after the fact, I imagine there are some that are because we post the audio from these shows wherever you like to find your favorite podcasts. There's lots of different ways uh, to be a part of the show and know that you can follow us on social media and you can support us uh, over on BuckeyesNow.com. That would be great. Anthony, we uh, we heard from both Ryan Day and Jim Knowles as we have several Tuesdays in a row and anticipate that we will throughout the course of the season. And I have to be honest, it was a more telling press conference than I anticipated. Uh, I'm happy about that. I think there were some things they left unsaid that maybe we need to read between the lines a little on. But the most important thing we know now for sure is that Kyle McCord is the starting quarterback moving forward. Um, Day told both Kyle and Devin Brown that news on Tuesday. He said he had kind of felt like that was the right decision to make even immediately after the game on Saturday, but didn't feel like it was the right time to just come out and say that, uh, that Kyle had won the job. Um, we've talked for several days now. We thought that was the obvious decision. So asking your immediate reaction on that seems silly because I think I know what it is. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And first of all, that was definitely the press conference was – you know, one of the better ones that we've had from them uh, to this point. You know, it's been pretty consistent that on Tuesday, Coach Day obviously speaks. He'll speak every Tuesday. But we were kind of hoping maybe, you know, maybe uh, get uh, Coach Hartline in there instead of Coach Knowles. But I don't know. We'll get into a couple clips from Coach Knowles. And, um, you know, after we do, I do suggest going back to our, our page and, and watching his entire presser because – very, very eye-opening, and he and he went into a lot of good detail about really what's going on on the defensive side. And honestly, if every press conference starts being like today's or yesterday's was, um, you know, I'm gonna be Tuesday's gonna become my favorite day of the week because that was fun to listen to, and I think a lot happened. And and in terms of the quarterback position, I love it. Um, you know, I, I love the just the fact that we, there's something decided. I think it would have been a massive mistake if you go into this game still carrying that that um, competition into week three. I think it was very critical, and I think it was a goal of theirs. Like, hey, by, by Western Kentucky, you may have even said this two or three weeks ago, 
you know, by Western Kentucky, we have a guy so that our team can start to grow in the match. So that's incredible news. I thought it was great, just great little nuggets here and there, um, but also some things that I think we could have went a little bit deeper on, or he could have, but I think all in all, it was a pretty telling day um, yesterday um, down at the Woody. And, and Ryan was asked, you know, hey, why, why now? And why, if you have been so set on figuring out one versus the other, Kyle versus Devin, um, when you're playing an opponent that you're favored to beat by almost four touchdowns, why make the decision now? And I thought his answer was actually just as important as it was to name Devin uh, the backup to to Kyle in saying that, look, I, I think it, it puts Kyle's mind at any ease or peace, right? Like when you, you're either fighting for your job or you're not. And in some ways you're always fighting for your job, but there's something to be said for knowing like, okay, this is the direction that we're going to move forward. And, and so you can relax a little because everybody stops pressing. But I think Ryan also referenced the fact that as a team, it's kind of good to know like, Hey, this is our dude. This is our guy. This is who we're rallying behind. Let's go. And, and maybe there's not this like schism in the team of one. And I'm not saying that there is, but something could develop where the longer it plays out where they don't have a decisive answer on quarterback, you know, maybe some guys think one way, some guys think another, and and you don't want to create those issues. Yeah, and it's not a maybe, Brennan. I mean, that's a real thing. And, you know, I talked about this um, a couple weeks back, you know, being – I've experienced this before. And, like, this isn't something that, like, when you turn a competition and, and you start moving into the season, um, your focus is in the wrong places as the quarterback, right? You know, I think that he's – when he says peace of mind, I, as a fan, I would I – would, I, I would, I wouldn't think that he's going to be like more relaxed. I think it just changes the changes where he's channeling his energy, where it comes from, Hey, every day in practice, I am battling Devin where now every day in practice, I'm battling Western Kentucky or next week I'm battling Notre Dame. Or as we go down the road, he can focus on the opponent as opposed to focusing on having the better practice, you know, focus on getting better for Saturday afternoon, because at the end of the day, that's what you're doing and that's what the goal is but it truly is i mean it's a real thing like once that happens and it's decided there is certainly a a level of uh you know just relaxation where it's like hey okay i can now instead of focusing on beating devin or on the flip side devin focus on beating kyle it's now we're both focusing on our roles for saturday afternoon and that's what i'm going to wake up and think about on monday it's going to wait what i think about tuesday and wednesday and thursday and, and and so on so i think it's such a huge deal and such a huge step um, that you'll see some improvement, I believe, um, you know, in Kyle's play. Well, as a team, everybody needs to be a little bit more consistent. And, um, you know, in terms of that quarterback battle, I think they recognize that Kyle has been more consistent uh, and a little more commanding in gameplay itself. And there was just no reason to, to continue on. But it certainly doesn't mean that Devin's never going to see the field either. It just puts the team at ease to know, OK, we've got our guy and, and now let's move forward and see what happens. Um, but the reality is there's a lot that this team needs to focus on. Uh, and among the clips we don't have for you in this show, Ryan Day said he is not satisfied with where the offensive line is right now. Acknowledged improvement from week one to week two, but was pretty straightforward in saying, look, we got a, we got a pretty lofty standard here, and right now we're not hitting it. And it's time to figure out how to get more consistent up front. Um, you know, he, he, he didn't call anybody out individually i think he called out the whole unit saying figure it out yeah absolutely and i think that 
I personally was hoping for maybe a little bit more and never to call individuals out. You know, personally, I think that's very low when coaches do that. I disagree with that totally, but I was kind of hoping to, I was hoping to hear something about physicality or hoping to hear something about, Hey, how are we going to change this? He kind of was, um, I don't want to say like standoffish, but just kind of like glossed over it, um, you know, from a 30,000 30, foot view um, of like, hey, this just needs to improve and get better. I was hoping for a little bit more from him, like, hey, this is what we're going to do to kind of improve that. Or, you know, maybe Luke's getting some reps at first team left tackle this week or, um, you know, whatever it may be. But he did acknowledge that it's not been good enough. Um, and that there's certain levels that need to be improved. And, um, you know, it, it's good to know that offensive line is definitely circled, um, on, you know, inside that building as, as an area of, of improvement. So one of the questions I asked him was about how how they're going to try to define success this week, because you're playing against a team that you're supposed to beat. It's going to be a much different looking game than the first two weeks. You're not facing the triple option. You're not facing an FCS opponent that's way overmatched. You're facing a team that not only doesn't really want to run the ball, they run it just barely enough for you to think like, okay, maybe they'll run it. They basically just try to throw it all over the place. Austin Reed, their redshirt senior quarterback, is you know had statistically had one of the best quarterback seasons in the country last year, um, but it's offset by the fact that defensively they're not very good, right? So you're kind of hoping this is going to be a banner day offensively, and your defense is going to be tested in a way that they haven't been tested yet. And so I asked Ryan yesterday, how do you define success here this weekend? Here's what he said. Ryan, you, you were pretty straightforward with us uh, after Indiana when we were talking to you about success. You said, hey, 250 on the ground, 300 through the air, want to score 50 points. Like, that's kind of how you define it. But I'm, I'm curious, like, in a, in a week like this, aside from that, how do you define success this week? Like, what things are you looking at saying, hey, if we're going to, if, if version 3.0 of us is going to be really good, this, that, this, that, whatever it might be, how do you define success this week? Well, I, I think the first thing is you want everyone to grade out a champion. You've heard us talk about that. So, you know, we look at effort, we look at execution, we look at different things. And if guys grade over 80%, then, then they're a champion. I mean, that's a tangible thing you can look at. And, you know, if you have, your starters or you have a good portion of your offense or defense um you'll create out a champion that's probably a pretty good day if you don't then then that's that's not the the direction we're trying to go in um so that's that's the job of the position coaches and the unit coaches and the leader make sure that their unit is creating out a champion. um and, and we have to be um you know hard and hold our standard of what is considered a champion and what isn't you know, because that's ultimately what it comes down to. Now, uh, we'll also look at the game and see, you know, how do we do in third downs? How do we do in red zone? We go through all those situations in the team meeting on Sunday. Um, did we win those situations? You know, we look at rushing yards. We look at explosive plays. We look at the red zone. We look at third down. We won most of those. We did not win third medium. So that's an area we need to see an improvement in. But um, so, I mean, those really, if you say tangibly, what are the things? The champions. And then did we win the situations? What do you think? I love that. I love that clip uh, because my personal favorite part about it is the situational part. Like, hey, we're going to really study the situationals. Um, and that's just so big. Like, um, you know, kind of for, for reference to everyone listening, like every day in practice, Monday or Monday they're off, or Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday when it's like actual work days, 
um, you know, you script periods for uh, first situationals, whether that's red zone day or whether that's third down day or whether that's first and second down day, whatever the case is, that's such a serious emphasis um, along the way. And it happens really quick. So it's really important, you know, to get good work in during the week, but it's got to come to fruition on, on Saturdays. Um, and you, you, I love hearing them say like, hey, last week we lost third and medium, you know, and that's that's a huge deal to us because that is a big deal. You know, get in the red area. I can think of two times in the red area where they didn't score, definitely one, um, where you just didn't score. And that can't happen. That can't happen at Ohio State. You know, that can't happen down the street at your high school game on Friday night, but it can't happen in Columbus. So I love the emphasis on situational work um, and having situational success along with, hey, the dude's got a great out well. Because if the guy's great out well, the situational stuff will take care of itself. So let's grade everybody out at the champion level, 80%. That's a high bar to match, or excuse me, to reach. Um, and then from there, let's execute when, when we're backs are against the wall. Um, and the most important parts of the football game, let's be the let's be the winners. Um, and I, I, I love that answer from him. Yeah, you know, I think it's one of the things I most appreciate about this coaching staff. Um there's a lot of pressure on, on these guys to win all the time. Losing's unacceptable. And there's a lot of different ways to go about how you build a program that wins consistently. And in my opinion, we are at this point well outside the shadow of the Urban Meyer team. This is Ryan Day's program. His fingerprints are all over it, right? And I'm not saying Urban's aren't or Coach Tressel's aren't. Um but these are Ryan Day's guys. These are the philosophies that, you know, he has to stand up with and and the coaches that he's hired and so on and so forth, right? This is not, I inherited a program and I'm going to just continue what was being done. He is well into this is how I do things. And so there's ownership in that. Uh, and I give him and his staff credit for in, in an atmosphere right now where they are probably going into this season saying, all right. This doesn't feel like going into 2020 when Justin Fields was coming back off of a 2019, you know, loss in a bowl game where you felt jobbed uh, or didn't feel like 2022 where you had CJ Stroud coming back and you had a whole bunch of talent and you felt like, gosh, this is the year that things are going to click. You know, it was a disappointing loss to Michigan, but won the Rose Bowl in epic fashion. All these receivers coming back. It's going to be a great season. There's a lot of excitement and anticipation around this year's team. But I think as a staff, you look at it and say, hey, hold on a second. New starting quarterback, three new offensive linemen. Like, let's just pump the brakes here and remember that there is a process we have to go about. And, you know, despite all of the outside noise that they claim, hey, we don't listen to any of that. I appreciate that, but come on, they, everybody hears stuff, and you got to have a, a filter that's realistic to know what to push aside and say that doesn't matter, and what stuff actually will get to you and resonate. And I just I give them credit for, you know, it, it, I'm assuming they're being honest in the way they're answering these questions. There, I, I give them credit for being process oriented. Yeah, absolutely, and and I will say that was by far and away one of his more detailed answers. Um, you know, to a question. And I love that, you know, you can see exactly what you said. What's important to Ryan Day? When it's a Ryan Day coach program, you know, and that's going to be the case, you know, the situational success is the case kind of throughout the country. But, hey, we want our guys to perform on their individual jobs correctly um, and do it to the best of their abilities. And then we have to win when, you know, our backs are against the wall. And that's what a Ryan Day coach team is going to do. And that's what he's trying to build with these guys because, you know, as we've said before, 
you know, being able to to do this, um, to be successful on third and short against Western Kentucky, isn't going to beat you, Michigan, um, you know, this week, but it's certainly a step in the right direction. And the same thing on the flip side, losing third and medium to Youngstown State is something you've got to correct right now. You know, it can't be any more any longer where, you know, you're playing an inferior opponent and you're third and six and we're punting after that. Like we got to execute now because, um, you know, later on, you know, later on in the season, that stuff like that, those little mistakes will come back to bite you. So you have really you have one more great opportunity to really hone that in, really sharpen that tool. Um, and then, you know, it's kind of go time, uh, you know, after that. I thought Day was asked a couple of other really, really good questions. Uh, one by Doug Maurice on trying to walk the line between efficiency and explosiveness on offense. And is it always perfectly down the middle or are there games or times where you're like, nah, I, I need to favor one versus the other. I thought that was really good the way Day answered that. Uh, and I also thought Ryan's comment about um, when he was asked literally, okay, you talk about all the time how to build this consistency how do you do that? Like, what are you guys doing to figure that out? And he talked about not just the physical stuff, but the mental stuff, the preparation, you know, it, well before you even get to a practice field, let alone a game field. Uh, I thought that was a, a fairly insightful answer as well. So go back and check out uh, Ryan's press conference from yesterday. And, and I'll share one more thing with you because it was a question that I had asked uh, last week about, you know, there were some moments in week one where I didn't think the wide receivers had been involved enough blocking in the run game. There were times in the second half where I thought Marvin Harrison and Emeka Buka looked maybe a little bit disinterested. Uh, and I thought there was at least one, if not multiple scenarios this past weekend where things looked substantially better. Um, and asked Day whether or not those are the kinds of things that they are showing team, you know, showing the team, uh, in film sessions, even if it's just to, to fire guys up, to tell your offensive lineman, hey, Marvin Harrison's out there blocking somebody. Julian Fleming's out there blocking somebody. Uh, and here's what Ryan had to say about that. I asked you last week about receivers in the blocking game, and there was one in particular that's sprung them back over a touchdown where two receivers blocked three guys to the ground. Are those the kinds of things that you guys show in film sessions that, that hopefully inspire the rest of the team when you see receivers doing stuff like that? Yeah, then we show the good ones, and we show the ones that we need to improve on. Um, and you know, it's part of our, our, our meeting on Sunday. And, and that was one of the ones that were on, that was a huge play. They did a great job. Also the one on Travion's touchdown, G, Emeka and Marvin did a really nice job. Three for three on the perimeter. You make those blocks. That's when good turns to great. And that's, that was a huge emphasis going into last week. We thought that, you know, we needed to block the perimeter better. We did that. Got to keep improving. Big challenge, bigger challenges are coming ahead, but, but there was definitely some tangible things saw that we showed the guys where if we make those blocks on the perimeter we get the ball out there that's a gain of you know two touchdowns that if you don't make those blocks they're gains of five and six so everyone has to do their part on offense yeah i mean i mean it's so good and it's so true when you're in a team meeting room on sunday morning you know everyone kind of rolls in the offensive line is all like they're all taped up and they got ice all over them everyone's kind of like licking their wounds potentially being a little sore and the receivers are the ones hooping and hollering like hey i had touchdown this 80 yards here look at this sweet catch but when you stop and they put the team in the team meeting room and the defense is in there and the offense is in there and there's a 10 play there's a 10 uh clip set that they put up on the board and marvin harris is laying somebody out to spring Emeka Buka or to spring Julian Fleming or, you know, Julian Fleming hustling 
to go get an extra block so Trey Travion can score. That totally, totally resonates um, with the entire team. That's when the offensive line is like, whoa, that Marvin Harrison guy, he's more than acrobatic catches and touchdowns. Like, he'll stick his nose in there. We got to do our part. You know, we have to pick up our game because how can I slack on the inside when that dude's on the outside giving it his all every single play? And on the flip side, too, it's equally evident when it's a bad clip and Marvin's, you know, walked off the line of scrimmage and doesn't block anybody and his corner makes a tackle 30 yards down the field and, and it prevents a touchdown. Like, that has an equal equal effect. Um, you know, so it's, it's like that's a real, real thing in, in a Sunday meeting where it's like, hey, they'll show everything. They'll show good, they'll show bad, and they'll show the entire team. So you're not only accountable to the guys in your room, you're accountable to the guys on the defensive side, you're accountable to – the kicker, you're accountable to everybody. Um, and they put that on the board, and that's so big. And it's so cool to hear them say that. that and especially two clips that you and I have talked about. Like, hey, they're showing everybody that. And he, and he said exactly that. It was pretty cool. We've talked a lot about the offense here in, in the uh, first 20 minutes of the show. And I know there's been a lot of uh, a lot of commentary around Ohio State fandom uh, around the defense. Uh, much of it praiseworthy because there have been some really good moments so far. Um, but fairly some concerns, um, you know, is the defensive line playing up to their standard? I thought the coaching staff, I, I don't know that I, I would think they took the easy way out, but they were quick to say, well, how much pass rush are you going to generate against a triple option in week one? And how much pass rush are you going to generate against a Youngstown state team that, you know, the ball was in and out of their hand in two seconds in week two, most of the time. Um, I just felt like there were more stalemates at the line of scrimmage where, you know, even on the interior, we're like, I think Ohio State has had decent play from their defensive tackles. It's not like they're regressing and they're getting pushed around. They're just not collapsing the pocket quite the way I expected, given everything we'd heard and seen, you know, leading up to this point through camp and, and you know, what we know uh, about in, in spring ball. So, I want to see a big week from those guys. And Jim Knowles talked uh, today um, in, a, in a pretty open, or I should say talked yesterday in a, in a pretty open manner um, about, uh, you know, a, his need to make some adjustments from a schematic and, and um, general approach perspective, because he's not coaching it. Duke or Oklahoma State anymore. He's coaching Ohio State with with guys that, with you know, all due respect to the previous stops that Coach Knowles has had along the way, he's he's coaching a different caliber and and different depth of roster than he's had previously. So he was asked today, "Hey, you know, there were instances where you blitzed a lot. There were instances where you didn't." Did you blitz more than you wanted to, or did you not blitz as much as you thought you would? And some of the questions I think he danced around a little bit, but this one was really interesting when he started to touch on his willingness to adjust his coaching philosophy, given the kind of talent he's working with. Here's Coach Knowles. Um, I guess just maybe as part of your philosophy, um, how important are like havoc plays behind the line of scrimmage to help the loss and sacks and when you come out of a game where you're playing an FCS opponent, you only get three tackles for loss and still hold the ball a lot. Is that, is that not meeting the standard, or do you not concern yourself with those kind of plays? I think I've adjusted. You know, um, I think when you're at places where you need to 
live in that world, you know, feast or famine type of world where you're trying to make sure that you take a lot of chances, do a lot of different things to somehow gain the advantage. You know, I think I've adjusted my philosophy here because we have different players and, um, you know, my job is to make sure that we win the game, not get the TFLs. And uh, a lot of times I think the best philosophy here is to let the guys play, keep the points off the board. That adjustment from Oklahoma State. Absolutely. You know, probably last year when we experienced some issues. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was, um, I think if you live in that world that, you know, where you have a skill advantage, it can look really nice. But when you get into the matchup games, you know, I found that it can hurt you. So you need to be able to adjust. You know, Knowles was asked a lot about his time in the Big 12 and whether or not this Western Kentucky team looked like Big 12 offenses and how, you know, frankly, he was asked point blank, was your success over the last couple of years you were at Oklahoma State and had a top five defense nationally, was that success a direct byproduct of the aggressive nature of your play calling? And he said unquestionably yes. So, again, I give Coach Knowles some credit here for, for being able to pull back for a guy that wants to get after you. For him to say, no, maybe we're not going to bring five or six and have some some weaknesses elsewhere in the defense, he said, point blank, Anthony, my job's not to get tackles for loss, it's to win games. And later in the press conference, he said, sometimes that means you got to get the damn ball back because there were times defense couldn't get off the field, even though they ultimately didn't give up points. So that's, it's not good enough to just get a check. You need a check plus. Um, but there's an element of, Hey, maybe if I, if I get a little more conservative with my play calling and trust that these guys can go create some havoc and go play that maybe that would be a, a better way to avoid giving up some big plays. I'm interested to see how that works against some teams that really want to chuck it. Yeah. And I think two things come to mind uh, when I, when I listen to that clip, um, the first is the the team's going to hear that and really appreciate his humility towards the situation and really appreciate his ability to address like, Hey, hand up. This is mine. I needed to make this change. And that's your coach standing in front of the media and saying it with the microphones right in front of his face and saying, I needed to adjust and I needed to get better. And you appreciate that as a player being like, hey, coach didn't throw any of us under the bus. He said he needed to adjust and get better. So that's the first thing that I take away. And the second thing is, you know, from his perspective, think back to the days, like you said, at Duke or Oklahoma State, where, hey, on Monday or on Sunday when they're watching the tape uh, of their upcoming opponent, they're like, all right, this team's better at their outside receivers are better than our corners or their tight ends are better than our safeties. So we have to protect our guys. We have to protect our corners or our safeties. And you do that by having to do crazy blitzes and having to get those TFLs and having to have strip sacks and big plays. And that when you don't get those, that's when the big plays start to happen. Well, now Ohio State, everywhere you look, pretty much regardless of the week, you have the advantage. So now you don't have to go crazy. You don't have to draw up exotic stuff. You can just let your guys play. And if you do have, if you do want to get aggressive, guess what? Denzel Burke's going to knock the ball away if, if, some, if you don't get home. 
or, you know, Sonny Styles is going to make a play, a, a freak play that saves a touchdown if the blitz doesn't work. So that allows him as a play caller to be like, all right, hey, we can be aggressive if we want, but we can also pull off the reins and it's not going to kill us. Um, and that's that's something, like he said, he's had to adjust from his stops at different places because he's dealing with a whole different unit and, and a bunch of really, really skilled players. It's my opinion that that's a trust that gets developed over time, right? It's Denzel Burke saying at the beginning of the year, the reason why he's looked so good and felt so comfortable because he knows exactly what the system is and what he is required to do. And he can go play with this relentless, passionate aggression um, because he knows where he's supposed to be and he can go make plays. He's not guessing. And there were definitely some bad moments for him last year. Um, But I would imagine that, you know, when Jim Knowles sees Jordan Hancock, Sonny Styles, Lathan Ransom, Tommy Eichenberg, you know, Steel Chambers going and making the plays that they are, um, and, and certainly involving in the pass rush too. Mike Hall is a dude, you know, you can, you can feel Mike Hall and Ryan day even alluded that, uh, to that yesterday when Mike Hall's in there, he plays with an attitude and, and frankly, I'd like to see more guys play like that. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a trust that the players build up with the coaching staff, or maybe it's a little easier for Jim to say, okay, I've seen this enough times to know that I don't need to call some crazy exotic blitz scheme here. Cause I, I think our guys can go get it done. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then it goes back to, you know, what really prompted the question, like, is the defensive line not playing up to expectation? Sure. Yeah. We expected them. We expected JT and Jack Sawyer to be these dominant forces and it just hasn't happened yet. And it's all pretty much been the opposing team scheme to this point. You're going to start seeing a little bit different um, approach to Ohio state here in this, this week, especially and then next week coming down the pipe where it's going to look more like the football we're used to seeing, uh, where a quarterback's going to be dropping back. They're going to be going through reads. There's going to be time for JT to get home. Um, and especially this week, like they're going to throw it, you know, 66% of the time. They're pretty much two to one uh, throwing the ball. And there's going to be a lot of quick stuff. Don't get me wrong. They'll throw a lot of bubble screens and things like that. They're also going to drop back and it's going to allow them to, uh, it's going to allow the defensive line to actually become a part of the game, um, which they haven't been able to do these for these past couple of weeks. So I think the defense you'll see on Saturday, it's going to look a lot different than what you've seen the past couple of days, past couple of weeks. And they're going to be tested in different ways for sure. So I'm looking forward to that response. I hope Josh Proctor is healthy and available to play this weekend, but I'd be more concerned about him getting ready for Notre Dame. Um, Malik Hartford, you know, started the game and, and did not play for very long before Jihad Carter got in there. And Jim Knowles said, you know, Malik just looked a little bit uncomfortable and they preferred to go with somebody who had a little more experience. Um, You know, Jihad Carter, it's not like he's got more experience at Ohio State, but he's been a college athlete a little bit longer. And I thought Jihad played well. I I remember one tackle in particular that I thought was really good. Um, So, you know, let's go see these guys get get tested this weekend. And uh, I certainly got the sense today or, or yesterday that the coaching staff is is in a position here where they are laser focused on right now on this week there is no looking ahead to notre dame as we had kind of talked about in yesterday's podcast um you know ryan basically snuffed any of that out and said this isn't a trap game for us this isn't a you know a, a, a last exhibition before you play a big game they recognize that western kentucky is going to go out and probably just start swinging. 
They they ran 90 plays against Auburn when they played Auburn last year, and they're probably not going to try to slow the game down the way that the last couple opponents did. So uh, there is a lot of focus right now on, hey, we got to get better, and we got a chance to do that, so let's do that now, and then we'll worry about next week, next week. It was so good, too, because it was it was pretty early on in the presser where I, I don't know who asked it, but it was a great question. Like, hey, this is a good trap situation. How are you preventing against it? And Coach did, he nipped that thing right in the butt. He goes, this isn't a trap situation for us. You know, we're worried about Western Kentucky now. Um, and, and it was such a good answer because my concern yesterday on yesterday's pod was this is like, – when you think of a trap game, this is a trap game. Uh, but it's great to hear them, you know, really being focused on getting better. And, and then, it, it's like, Brennan, it's all connected, man. It's like, hey, when you're focused on winning the situations on Saturday and you're focused on grading out as a champion, Notre Dame doesn't even come into your head. Like, it's third and six. You're not thinking about Sam Hartman. You're thinking about, hey, we're getting off the field right now because tomorrow in film – I don't want to see myself getting beat, you know? So it's all connected. And it's such a, I thought today was just, I don't know, you can kind of hear it, but, or excuse me, yesterday was just like such a good, such a good messaging uh, from the coaching staff about where the state of the program is at. And, and look, I mean, to me, it's not even so much about you're playing in a game looking forward to the next team. It's about, did you do enough work this week that you were focused on what your responsibility is in a few days? Or were you dogging it all week because it wasn't important to you because you just expect to beat somebody? Like to me, that's where the, you know, we got caught looking ahead actually plays out. It's not so much in the game where somebody lines up at, I don't know, tailback, you take a handoff and you're like, ah, I'm not going to run hard because I, you know, my 80% should be better than Western Kentucky's 100%. Like I don't, I don't buy that. No, I think you're, you're, you're dead. You're dead right. Um, you know, Totally right. It is a, it's a lot of the preparation stuff um, and making sure you're getting better. And to think about it, you know, when you're stacking good preparation days, you know, that's like think about like building a house. It's like brick by brick, right? If you take, if you put a couple of those bricks in, you know, you know, halfway, you know, that house is going to come down. So it's really important to really stack, stack those days um, and really put good work in throughout the week, put good work in on Saturday and just take care of business. I just love what I heard today or the yesterday from the guys like, you know, I think the program's in a really good spot, um, you know, going into this week. It's an important game. Don't come out of this game feeling feeling bad um, before next week. You can't have that. Brick by brick. That's what I like to think about Buckeyes now. We're building something cool. We're glad to have you a part of it. Fired up that you're with us on Buckeye Breakdown every morning at 7 a.m. Can't wait to see you again on Thursday. In the meantime, uh, we'll have a chance to talk with some players later tonight at the Woody Hayes Athletic Center after practice. Uh, probably won't find out who those players are until later in the day. So I'd, I'd love to be able to tell you who it is. Usually we don't get the same batch of players from one week to the next. So if you're interested in finding out who it probably isn't, I would look back at last week uh, and maybe think we're going to see some different guys, but uh, exactly who it is. I'm not quite sure yet. Hopefully we get a chance to talk to Kyle now that we know for sure that he's uh, he's the team starting quarterback. So We'll have all the latest for you over on BuckeyesNow.com. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. We'd really appreciate that. Uh, we've had great growth here in the last couple of weeks and uh, have certainly enjoyed meeting some new folks along the way. We've been pretty active in our comment section, so keep that up. If you're listening after the fact, thanks for doing that too, but know that you can join us live over on our channel. For Anthony Meglin, I'm Brendan Gulick. Have a great day. We'll see you at the Woody Hayes Athletic Center later tonight. We'll get a chance to talk to players after practice.